0: So good to be with you again. Uh, We are continuing on in our uh, relational wisdom preaching uh, series. But before I say anything, I just wanna say it is the last day of January. Uh, January, uh, widely considered as the single most depressing day uh, month of the year. Uh, We are in a national uh, lockdown in what is our third national lockdown in under a year. I think we could all do with a message on encouragement which is exactly what I am here to do. And I have been a part of this church for 13 years. So what, since I was like, what, eight years old. And I have never had a brother come up to me and say, do you know what, Toby? I'm just struggling with too much encouragement in Christ. It's never happened. But the truth is that the Bible, it doesn't put any limits on encouragement. It doesn't say uh, so far and no further. Truth is that encouragement to the soul kind of acts like the sun on the skin. Encouragement is our spiritual vitamin D. Without it, I would go so far as to say not one of us will be able to flourish without encouragement of any sort or kind, that is. That means no matter how self-assured you are or confident you are in yourself, truth is we all need to be encouraged. It's really, a, it's common to humanity, it's something that we all experience and need. But, but why? Why is that the case? Might I suggest it? It could be because we are so keenly aware of our failings. We're so keenly aware that we mess up, that we get things wrong. The Bible calls it sin. And with the knowledge of kind of sin comes this kind of uncertainty between us and heaven. Does God really endorse? Does God truly uh, approve? Would God encourage me? Or would at the end of my life, I be kind of met with much discouragement? And so what I love about uh, these verses here is that we see Jesus as the encourager in chief. Uh, We catch a glimpse to how Jesus deals with a Christian who has just committed the worst sin of his life. In these verses in john chapter 21 we see surely the master class in encouragement so let's have the scripture read for us
1: jesus said to them come and have breakfast now none of the disciples dared ask him who are you they knew it was the lord He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me.
0: So let me set the scene. Simon Peter is one of Jesus's disciples and and not many days before this, Peter had really been a coward uh, Peter had betrayed Jesus by denying Jesus uh, three times. Uh, what happened uh, subsequently after this was well, Jesus uh, would be crucified. He, he, would be, he was killed. Uh, on the third day, Jesus would rise from the death. He'd be resurrected and he'd begin uh, to appear to his disciples. And on this occasion, uh, Jesus makes a beeline for Peter only at this point in the story, uh, this isn't kind of the the Peter that we all know and love. Uh, Peter is crippled by guilt. He's riddled with shame. And in these verses, we we, we can learn kind of how how Jesus might encourage the Christian. Um, But not only that, we also see how we might uh, serve each other better in encouraging each other. Uh, So this message is going to be uh, fairly practical as is the the, the thinking behind this series. And so we're gonna walk through the passage and take a look at what we might learn from Jesus here. And and the first thing that we uh, do see is that encouragement is Christ-centered. True encouragement is Christ-centered. And this is what it says. Uh, Jesus says, "'Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these?' He said to him, "'Yes, Lord, you know that I love you.'" What's interesting is Jesus says, in an effort to encourage Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He doesn't say, Simon, son of John, do you love yourself? That's because Jesus is an Oprah. And we, we do well to make a distinction here for our culture. Because if in an effort to encourage Peter, Jesus had said, Peter, I can see that you're riddled with guilt. I can see that your shoulders are are weighed heavy with shame. Peter, you you hate yourself. But Peter, if you don't love yourself, who else is going to love you? Hashtag Motivation Monday. No, no, that's not what Jesus says. But if Jesus did say that, he would certainly have got hundreds of thousands of likes on social media. And while we're at it, on Instagram, uh, the 49th most popular hashtag in the world is hashtag motivation. And, and hashtag uh, motivation uh, is not far off from it. Uh, that is to say that there are a number of people online around the world that would seek to encourage us everywhere. But it's not uh, just social media influencers posting about body confidence and body positivity, but it's also preachers who look to encourage but through uh, uh, subtle emphasis, kind of change the meaning and the, the emphasis of the Bible to not so much being about him, but to kind of more being about us in an effort to encourage. Uh, take for example, uh, David and Goliath, one of everybody's favorite stories. They're in the scriptures for our encouragement. Uh, perhaps you've heard it told that, that you are David. And if you have enough faith, you will be able to take down the Goliaths in your life. Or you could hear it told like this that Jesus, he is David. He is the greater David. He is the son of David. And he, on our behalf, took down the Goliaths of Satan, sin, death, cutting off their heads. The former tends to Simon, son of John do you love yourself? And the latter tends to Simon, son of John. Do you love me? And Jesus knows that the the real power is in the latter. Uh, This really is the difference between uh, me-centred encouragement and and Christ-centred encouragement. And we'll get practical for a moment. If you were to say to someone, do you know what? I think you're an amazing leader. That's good. But how much better to say, I can so see that God has called you to lead his people. That's better. Uh, To say to someone, what a lovely voice you've got. I just love your voice, It's good. But to say to someone, when you sing and lead worship, I just really seem to meet with God. That's better. To say to someone, Why don't you lead that small group again? That's good. But to say to someone, I just saw the hand of God on you as you led small group that time. That's better. And we're not just talking about words. Change your words. Say the right things. By no means. Words words have power. What we're talking about is being intentional. Intentional thinking about the things that we're saying. So it's less me-focused and more focused on Christ. And the difference between me-focused encouragement and Christ-focused encouragement really is the difference between a pea shooter and a bazooka. The reality is that the the power comes from courage in Christ uh, and less so from confidence in self. Uh, Jesus displays Christ-centered encouragement Not only that, we see Jesus' model uh, repeated encouragement. Uh, Jesus doesn't just encourage Peter once here. (laughs) Jesus talks to him and says, feed, tend, feed. Again, again, again. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you have tried to encourage somebody and uh, you've started to say stuff and you you can literally see your words go in one ear and out the other. Or worse, maybe you see your words kind of bounce off their face. And we can all be like that, can't we? <laughs> we all can. Uh, sometimes we just need someone to confidently remind us of the thing that we at one time were confident in. We, we all, all of us have a proclivity to, to have a wobble on the things that we know. I know I can sometimes. I know I can and so how does Jesus deal with us well he encourages us over and over again what is it that you're wobbling on what is it that you are struggling with this week is it am I any good at this has God really called me to this is this marriage worth it does can I really trust this book if it says that about that subject Can God forgive me again? Did God really say that to me? What is it for you? Where are you wobbling? Well, let me encourage you. Go go back to the source. Go back to Jesus. The one that is liberal in his encouragement. Gently, he encourages Peter over and over and over again. So encouragement is Christ-focused. It's also repeated, but what I find fascinating is Jesus' encouragement is also specific. Uh, Encouragement at at its best is specific. And if you were to do a survey of all the times that Jesus encouraged Peter in the New Testament, you would see that uh, Jesus is far from generic in what he says to him. Far from It, it. Jesus here doesn't say to Peter, Peter. Go and bless people. He could have said that. No. Instead, Jesus says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. (laughs) Jesus is specific. Uh, Peter was called to be a shepherd. Peter was called to be a pastor. He was called to to lead the people of God predominantly through the preaching and teaching of the word. Jesus was was drawing this out. He's, He's being clear. He was specific in his encouragement and, and perhaps you have tried to encourage people in the past and you said, oh, that was really good. Or, or, or maybe you're a real Christian and you've come up with some of these classics. Uh, you served us really well today. Or that, that was a real blessing. You really blessed us. Or, or my personal favourite, in an attempt to try and encourage someone, say that was really helpful Brothers and sisters, friends, we we can up our game as a church in encouragement. Uh, Jesus was specific in how he chose to encourage people. And if you struggle with that and you think, well, how? How how can I practically uh, be better at this? How can I be more specific? It may be an idea to uh, speak in terms of the who, what, where, why, when of encouragement. Uh, what I mean by that is this, asking those questions before you're, you intentionally try and encourage someone. Uh, so, for example, the who, who in the church made you feel welcome? What, what about the preach was helpful? When, when on the alpha course did things start to become clear to you? Where, where in the song did you encounter Jesus? Jesus. Why, why did being part of that small group bless you? How, how has life been different for you since that brother or sister prayed for you last week? Uh, These are very practical things, but thinking this way would help us be more specific in our encouragements to people, just like Jesus was specific with Peter here. But we also see Jesus model something really interesting we see Jesus model encouragement that is not superficial and I'm going to be really honest with you as I've prepared for this message um, I wrestled with whether to choose this scripture to preach from on encouragement because I thought I don't know if Jesus is being encouraging at all to be honest I thought it looks like Jesus is being like discouraging uh, the reason I was kind of wrestled with it was because Jesus challenges Peter three times on his love for him. Uh, it even goes so far as to say Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do you love me?" He was grieved. If I went around trying to encourage people and they came out the other side grieved, that probably wouldn't be a good thing. Now, now that's not all. Uh, Peter wouldn't, uh, Jesus rather, wouldn't just call Peter, Peter. Jesus called Peter Simon. And, and, and this is important because uh, Simon was the, the name that Peter's parents gave him. But Peter, which is Cephas in Aramaic, it means rock. It, it means rock. And that was the nickname. That's a new name that Jesus gave Peter. And, and in Jesus co- choosing to call him Simon, Uh, surely it's surely Peter would have noticed that it wouldn't have gone unnoticed by him Uh, perhaps he called him Simon because in denying Jesus he wasn't acting at all rock-like and and this may have discouraged Peter Uh, that that's not even the half of it how about this one I don't know if you caught in uh, the reading Uh, Jesus even says when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. Let me get this straight. So Peter is a broken man. He is struggling with guilt and shame. And Jesus comes in and says, do you know what? You're gonna die. And this is how it's gonna happen. You're gonna be martyred. Surely this isn't a scripture on encouragement. Uh, until I realised that encouragement isn't meant to be superficial. Uh, truly, there is a difference uh, between being nice to someone and being in, and encouraging someone. Uh, there, there can be a difference between making someone feel better and biblical encouragement. Uh, uh, the example I'll give is uh, if you are kind of you've done some exercise or whatever, and you're really thirsty. You just want a nice strong glass of strong, cold glass of, sh- of squash. And someone kind of gives you a glass and it's a, a warm water and it's got like that much squash in it. And, and you taste it and it's like, yeah, there's this sort of faint taste of it, but it's kind of blech. It's kind of what it's like when, when a person needs encouragement, but a person comes in and sort of says nice things and makes them feel better, it's, it's not the full thing. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not that we have to be mean to each other, quite the contrary, to, to be nice is a key part of encouragement, so hear me, hear me rightly. But the reason I label the point is that the primary concern of encouragement isn't simply to, 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 to uh, cheer up, but to build up. And we really see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 where Paul says therefore encourage one another and build one another up. Paul puts them side by side not one without the other encouragement and building up that's what we should pursue and if we are to pursue substance in our encouragements if we are not to be um, uh, happy with just kind of platitudes and religious sayings and kind of well-meaning sort of niceties, if we are to really go after this to the people around us that need encouragement, to our our wives, our husbands, our children, our, our boss, our leaders, our team, if we're to really go after this stuff, chances are the encourager and or the encouraged may well feel a bit awkward. If we're to encourage people from the heart, it may get a little bit uncomfortable, at least in the first instance. Uh, The reason I say that is because, well, it says this, Peter was grieved. There was a a moment as Jesus is challenging Peter on his love for him, that Peter felt kind of awkward, a bit kind of, ah. But if you knew what Jesus was doing, If you understood where he was going, you would understand Jesus was doing something incredibly profound. (laughs) You see, three times Peter denied Jesus and Jesus would approach Peter and endorse him and accept him and encourage him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times Peter denied Jesus. And three times Jesus led Peter into making the good confession. Peter may have felt grieved, awkward, uncomfortable for a brief moment on the surface, but underneath he was fortified. And what about this about Jesus predicting uh, Peter's death? Surely that cannot be encouraging at all. No way. Well, I kind of think this is probably one of the most encouraging things ever said to Peter. And the reason why is this. Peter, not many days before this, was the one saying, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. A few hours later, hours, he would deny Jesus three times. And now Peter standing before his saviour, forgiven. The thing that Peter surely would have wanted more than anything else is to never deny his saviour again. And so in Jesus coming to Peter and saying, Peter, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, showing by what kind of death he was to glorify God, Jesus comes to Peter effectively saying, Peter, you denied me and I forgive you. But Peter, there will come another occasion for you to confess me. It'll be when you're an old man and they will stretch out your hands. But Peter, I want you to know, on that day, you will Be faithful. Now, follow me. Encouragement that goes down to the bones. Encouragement with substance that changes a person's life. And and lastly, we see encouragement restores. Encouragement restores. Jesus doesn't act the way so many of us think that he would act. Uh, Peter has just committed a career sin. And Jesus sees Peter and calls him over. What? Surely to condemn him? No, to cook for him. Uh, Then after breakfast, uh, Jesus pulls Peter aside. Uh, surely to, to raise his voice angrily. No, to speak tenderly. Uh, surely then, Peter, he's got he's to quit before he's sacked, right? Surely Peter, at this point, should just hand in his badge. He should be stripped off his call. Cool. No longer an apostle. No longer a disciple. no. Jesus doubles down, emphatically endorsing, edifying, and encouraging Peter in the thing God has called him to do. Dear friend, maybe you have blown it. Maybe you have committed a career sin. Maybe it's not one specific thing. Maybe it's continual pattern maybe in lockdown you've you've got yourself entangled up in things that you know aren't right and maybe there's lots of guilt lots of shame perhaps there's even self-hatred how does Jesus respond to you well he prepares a table for you he sits you down and through faith Jesus forgives you and he forgives you as one with authority to forgive because he himself is the one that died for that stuff. He can. And he doesn't just forgive you as if that wasn't enough. He, he would go further and he would restore you from the dark place, just like he restored Peter from the dark place. And the reason he can restore you is because he himself was restored from the dark place of death, of being raised from death, resurrected, living in resurrection power. And friends, I tell you, this is the encouragement that Jesus has for you this morning. And there is nothing in the world better to hear. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup it overflows surely goodness and mercy goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever dear friend let me ask you do you love him if you do, follow him. If, if you want to kind of, if you see something of the beauty of Jesus and the grace of God, and you think, do you know what? I want in, I want some of this. I want him to meet me in this way. Let me just lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer really uh, to become a Christian you can pray it again if you've prayed it before, I suppose, just to connect with Jesus. So. Again, this is to become a Christian and to, 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 to have Jesus come into your life. Just repeat these words. Say them out loud where you are. For Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the great encourager. Thank you that you died for me and all of my sin. Thank you that you rose again to restore me and gave me your perfection, your righteousness. I ask that you would come into my life take over, I give it to you exclusively. And would you fill me now with your power and encourage me? And I ask this in the name of Jesus, amen.